If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokey Man Cave. Today, we have some really interesting stories. Three of them, in fact. Uh, the first one is going to be about a... Pokemon YouTuber who pulled some incredibly awesome cards, but not one, three of them, within 150 packs. The pull rate on this particular card is 1 in 271, I believe, packs. So, you know, do the math. This is insane pull rate for her to get. The second story is going to be about our uh, fellow YouTuber, Pokey rev who not only pulled a very rare card but got a very amazing surprise uh just a few last weekend i believe uh when it came back from psa and finally our worst nightmare you send a card to psa then you get that dreaded email from psa saying sorry man can't grade your card because the box is destroyed but wait there's a twist Stay tuned, and we'll see you in a minute. Are we kind of just uh, commentating on the stories, like reading them together or discussing them together? Uh, yeah, like so. Or are we trying to get person personable upon each story? Like, uh... well, I mean, um, yeah, we. It'd be nice to you know what your opinion is on the matter, and my opinion, um, and then you know anything. Uh, referencing that as well, like for instance, you know, uh, it, you know, in, in the case of this first story, you know, a pull rate of one of two hundred and seventy-one uh, cards or packs or whatever, uh, you know, to pull three chase cards in, in 
What was it? Uh, 150 packs. Yeah, 150 packs. Yeah, like that. That's insane. Sweet, oh. sweet. All right, so we'll we'll uh, let those thoughts kind of serenade a little. Yeah. Um, and then after that, just kind of cards that maybe we would have liked to see be a chase. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um. So the the. To make a, a long story short for people who are listening to the podcast, um, this YouTuber, uh, Pokey Chloe, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen her on YouTube, um, but I might have to give her uh, a look after this. Uh, she ended up pulling three Shiny Zards uh, VMAXs on live stream uh, from Shiny Fates, uh, and this was on February 13th, so not that long ago. Um Apparently, she pulled the first card within 40 minutes of uh, a two-hour stream, uh, or technically 38 minutes, according to her. She pulled the second one 20 minutes later, and then the third one was under an hour later from that. Uh, you know, pulling three of them within 150 packs uh, is, is phenomenal. Uh, I, I don't think there's many sets out there that have a pull rate like that who people have pulled multiple cards within X amount of packs. Um, and actually, even before we started recording this podcast here, I was kind of doing some research and seeing, you know, what are the pull rates of some of these cards and stuff like that. Uh, for instance, there's a site that will give you the pull rates. And uh, out of, I think it was like 1,087 packs, they pulled, I think, one or two uh, of the, the one Charizard from Champion's Path, I believe it was. So, you know, to pull three Shiny VMAX uh, in, in Shiny Fates uh, is astronomical. Um, but the really cool thing was she she's not keeping them. Um, apparently, all these packs that she opened in the live stream were for people who bought the packs uh, in the first place, and she was doing like a, a rip and chip. So, yeah, like you know, three lucky people are walking away with a freaking Charizard V Max. Like, holy I crap! Mean, those towers are kind of designed for like for the for the you know the the person that's doing the streaming. Yeah, they are going to get a nice little haul, but it's based off of microtransactions from numerous people playing on the tower or whatever the game is that she was doing, you know. So someone probably only dropped like three, four dollars and was the lucky one to get the, the Charizard. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I think there was one instance, I think, where I went in on this. Uh, well, actually, I think it was like a one of those raffle Raz types things on on Facebook. Um, and the same thing, you know, you, you've got like say ten spots, ten spots for ten dollars or whatever. Uh, I think I dropped like an astronomically low amount of money, and I think it was like well under ten dollars I, I that I put into this thing, and I walked away with a four hundred dollar item, like. Wow. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, what was it? It was two booster boxes and a Japanese Misty box. You know, those, uh, that short rectangular Japanese one kind of had like a blue, blue box kind of thing. 
so yeah, you know, two of those, uh, two booster boxes at the time, I think were like 150 ish dollars. So, you know, there's 300 bucks right there. And then the Misty boxes back then, I think we're going for 110, give or take. Uh, and I think I put in like, I think maybe $8 on one spot and I freaking got it. So, I mean, $8 for a $400 haul is not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Not bad at all. No, hey, what's a Skyla? <laughs> Skyla. Oh, um, shiny fates. Yeah, yeah. There now. Well, there's many skylas. So there's. Yeah, what is it though? Like uh, in general, what is what? What does it mean? What's skyla? Skyla. That's um. Like a type of hollow, or is it a design, or a Pokemon? Uh, it's a trainer card. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's got the lowest pull rate out of a thousand cards in Shining Fate. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, actually, in fact, I think I pulled one out of. I don't think it was Shining Fate. I think it might have been something else. Maybe Ballastiles, possibly. Um, but I know I I pulled a couple of them. I I think I did actually pull one out of Shining Fates, maybe once. Um. But I'm not even entirely sure. There's there's so many different renditions of of these trainer cards that eventually you start to lose track of you know which set is from which card or which card is from which set. Just to touch back on our last conversation, you know, you were saying there's two hundred promos for a, a specific um style alone, so well, it's, yeah, it's from Soren Shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's uh yeah what was it like 208 or something like that for sword and shield <laughs> yep so and then you know of course um i don't think that includes brilliant stars so if there's any promos based off of brilliant stars that will go into sword and shield's uh promo set as well um now, I don't know how many more sets that they have for Shining Face before we move on to the next set or to the next, uh, I guess, category. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that Brilliant Stars might be the last set for Sword and Shield before we move on to the next uh, era. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking so as well. Like it almost makes sense because the next set would come out in oh god, what May ish? Maybe no, it'd be June, I think May or June, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, well, I, I guess it would be um, the Pokemon Go uh, expansion set because that's coming out in the summer of 2022. So that. Well, maybe even that might be the last set for Sword and Shield. We'll see. Because then the next one after that would be the fall. Uh, so that that might start the new, the new era, possibly. Who, who knows? Have you got any brilliant stars? Uh, 
no actually so uh in fact i have uh so the, the company that i'm partnered with um cape collectibles here in Aurelia. um they've got two booster boxes for me and two etbs coming um either wednesday or thursday next week i think um if they get them in time if not i'll, I'll probably be holding off until the saturday um just because i'm on afternoons next week so uh usually they they pop by my house to drop off stuff around six o'clock in the afternoon and i'll be pretty much smack dab in the middle of my afternoon shift when they come so i want to make sure that i'm actually home for all that stuff um, but I figure probably next, well, definitely next Saturday for sure, I'll be filming my my Brilliant Stars videos for YouTube. Um, I think I might do one booster box and one ETB per video. Just because, like, doing two, two booster boxes and two ETBs in one video is freaking enormously long. Um, and unfortunately, the only thing that keeps these guys' attention is a pretty girl. <laughs> actually, I, I I just had that conversation actually with uh, a good friend of mine on on Instagram. There, um, we were we were discussing you know the highs and lows of of followers and and stuff like that. Uh, you know, she's trying to crack uh, four thousand followers. I think she's at like thirty eight and change. Uh, and I'm trying to crack 3,000 followers. I'm at 28, and what was it, uh, 2838, the last time I checked. Um, but see, they, the, my biggest problem is I get hung up on the people who unfollow. And I know I shouldn't, but I do anyway. It's just kind of a psychological mind fuck. Um, but it's like, well, today, earlier today, I, I popped onto Instagram and I was just kind of looking at my ups and downs of uh, followers. And I noticed on Thursday, I had, I think it was like seven people followed, but then I had 11 on follow or something goofy like that, or 12 on follow. But it worked out, I forget what the heck the number was, but it worked out to be like a negative 11 for my followers. Yeah, and I, I sent her the screenshot. I'm like, you know, I'm like, shit like this is freaking depressing. I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, I I don't get paid to be on Instagram. I don't get paid to do the YouTube or the podcast yet. But it's like, you know, I, you know, I, I'm trying to hit milestones, and it seems like it's one step forward and sixteen steps back. Um, and she laughed, and she, you know, her her advice was. Well, you know, look at her, you know, she's been trying to do a promo giveaway uh, for hitting 4,000 followers since basically the last summer, it almost seems, I think. So, you know, she's been kind of going one step forward, 16 steps back since the summer of trying to reach that 4,000 mark. <laughs> and she keeps adding more and more to the to this giveaway that she wants to do to try and entice followers. And I said, well, I'm like, you know, that might get you a couple of followers. I said, but, you know, I would just keep it simple, you know, yeah. have. It's important to kind of stick to be unique. Yeah. 
because uh, it's a very flooded market, if you will. You know, there's a, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype and excitement around Pokemon. You know, the nostalgia. The, it, there's a lot of ages. There's this one guy I follow on IG. He's got to be at least 50, 60 years old. He's the coolest old man I've ever seen. He always opens up a pack of Pokemon cards mm-hmm. on his lunch break, and he's like a blue collar worker. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. But I think that that I'm like this. This is different from you know the the young the young stud with the chiseled chin or <laughs> the the pick with with the cleavage. Uh, you know, it's yeah. It, it was the blue collared old guy just being him, and I think that that's truly the formula. You know, because if if you try if you look at the community at a, as a whole it, they're all really cool people but we all kind of fall and then we we have fallen into this like assembly line style i've noticed there's a lot of wheels games and repetitiveness you know so i think that you for your like for example for yourself you you have brought in your your um your, I guess, your reach, if you will, you've try, you've, you're attempting to reach people through multiple platforms, and and in my opinion, I think the slow and steady race is where it's at, you know, um, because, like you said, you barely got started in 2020, the last time we spoke on the podcast, you know, check that episode out, y'all, um, but, you know, when we spoke last, you were telling us that you had just gotten started in the Pokemon game again about 2020. And by then, who knows how many folk already had a nice little grasp on the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look at all these, you know, Pokemon YouTubers and and stuff like that. And even the Pokemon Instagrammers out there, there's hundreds of them, if not thousands. Um, You know, it's a very niche market uh, and it's incredibly hard to, to, to make a, a little splash in this market, let alone a dent. Um, and that's the thing, you know, uh, I had a discussion with, with my wife probably weeks ago, you know, she, she kind of sat back and she goes, well, you know, look at, look at your YouTube channel, look at your podcast channel, look at your Instagram account, you know, and then look at, you know, Pokey Rev and Breaking Nate and Frosted Caribou. And I told her, I said, well, I said my, my biggest difference between those those people and myself is I don't do this for a living. You know, I have a a factory job that I do for a living. I do this as a hobby. I don't depend on this to pay my bills and put food on my table. Uh, so, you know, these, these guys, they live on Instagram and YouTube and, and their podcast because if they don't, then they don't have any money coming in or at least not very much. So, I told her, I said, you know, I'm not doing this so I can turn around and quit my job. As much as I would love to do that, it's not financially responsible. Yeah. You know, um, I have a decent job. I, I have a pension with my job. I have full benefits. Why would I give that up for having to put into a, uh, a pension on my own and having to pay for benefits out of, out of my own pocket when... Uh, you know, I've been at the company long enough that the company pays my own benefits. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you know, I, I do try. I try hard. You know, I'm I'm on Instagram as much as I humanly can. Um, but I'm not doing this to to make it rich and famous. 
Um, yes, we are. Yeah, I, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. I get what you mean, though. You because you, you're 100 percent correct, and that's how I feel about it too. You know, I I work 12 hour shifts, yep. so my free time has to go to my daughter. You know, towards being a fiance, and sometimes it's not even enough time there. But um, the I think that just taking even just like how we're doing now, you know, a weekly thing, a couple posts here and there, it, it, it will get off the ground because more than anything, folks kind of just like. Uh, a, a ridiculous amount of material, you know, and it's just going to take that one episode. All these folks who have ever done anything in this, in this era of the internet, they've only gotten their shot with one video, that one video that goes viral. And then after that, they kind of get a bit of a following, never the same as the one video that goes viral, but at least it went viral enough for them to get a nice little chunk of followers. Yeah. That's, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I really think that. Oh, yeah. You, you know, eventually we'll hit, you know, we'll hit our, our higher grounds. Um, you know, my... It, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, my wife, at one point, she turns me and she goes, you know, like... For instance, like how, look at how much I've given away as freebies and pack breaks and stuff like that. And I said, "Well, uh, yeah, you know, I did um, I did a a small giveaway when I hit like a couple thousand followers. Um, and then I did my biggest giveaway was actually uh, every pack out of a booster box. Um, I think it was might have been Evolving Skies." Uh, and that was actually for a group of people on Facebook who, uh, there was well over a hundred of them, I think, uh, who all got scammed by this one guy on Facebook. Um, he, the guy freaking cleaned up shop. Like he, he took like thousands upon thousands of dollars collectively from these hundred or so people. Um, and, you know, these are the same people who have bent over backwards and helped me get things for my own kids, you know, whether it be for their their Pokemon Advent calendar or, you know, trying to search for my Holy Grail that I want for my collection. They always bent over backwards for me. So I turned around and thought, well, you know what? I'm going to give back to the community. I know I'm not affected by this scammer. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't scammed um, and I have no tie to it, but I want to step up and give back at least something to these people who got royally screwed over. And my wife kind of turned around at one point and she goes, well, you know, we could have used that $200 for something else and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, yeah, you know what? We could have used $200 for something else. We could have used, you know, the 50 bucks that I spent last week on something for something else. But the thing is, you know, if you can, it's always great to give back to the community. You know, as long as you're not putting yourself into a financial situation where you're kind of digging yourself a known grave, right? Um, it's always great to give back. And I always try to give back as much as I can. Um, some people understand it, some people don't. Um, but that's just who I am, personally. You never know when you're going to be down on your luck. It might need someone to reach out. 
exactly. There's a better chance that, you know, maybe it'll come back around. Yeah. Uh, So, um, moving on to uh, the PokéRev story. Uh, This is an interesting one. Um, Now, I have a love-hate... Update me. Who's Pokey Rev? Okay, so Pokey Rev is a like high octane energy type kind of guy on on YouTube. Uh, Oh, he's. I mean, they're all freaking high energy, I guess, right? Even like real breaking Nate and all that. Um. Most of the viewers are children, you know? Yeah. I think that's where we go wrong, and I think that's where they go right. Because, in all honesty, yeah, I don't I don't know how they do it, man. Well, it's like, my kids, they watch uh, stupid uh, Lanky Box. Like, these these two guys are the most annoying, stupid children in the entire world. Well, my freaking kids think it's like crack, and, and this is where they're getting all their millions of views and stuff like that. Is because it it's such stupid humor that these children just love it. Meanwhile, us parents are sitting there going, "Where are your parents?" Yeah, like Jesus Murphy. <laughs> yeah, um, so Pokey Rev, he 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 has uh, a, a massive massive Pokemon collection. Um, that he calls his Pokey Cave. Um, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's known for opening up, um, you know, standard stuff, kind of like the the sets are out now. But he's also known for opening rare stuff. Uh, he's not afraid to crack open a, a base set booster box, uh, or a jungle box, or Team Rocket box. Uh, whereas us, we'd probably keep it sealed and locked away, you know. Um, but he's missing a little bit. Yeah. And it's shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So back. Um. A little bit of background on what he actually got. Uh. So before base set in '99, uh, the Pokemon Trading Group, um came out with a printed special trainer deck uh, to give to Pokemon League leaders, which are essentially meant to train employees on how to play the TCG. Uh, now, PokeRev scored a prototype Blastoise uh, worth potentially thousands of dollars um, from uh, buying a... Uh, for his 100,000 sub special uh, back in 2020... He bought a sealed deck B, which I have never ever seen a freaking deck B, but apparently they look really cool. Um, he was shocked, obviously, when he pulled the Blastoise, uh, which I mean, <laughs> really, <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, yeah, okay, you're. That's a hell of a pull. Um, I don't know what these deck Bs go for. I haven't really had time to look at these prices. Um, but, I mean, it's a promo-typed deck made specifically for 
employees on how to learn to play the the trading card game. So, are you really shocked to get a card that the general public won't be able to get? Like it's it's coming out of a pack that the general public is not allowed to get. Yeah. So I mean, eh, you know, I mean, there there's my one issue with it. Uh, now this is what really kind of scratches my head here. He revealed in a February 2022 update, uh, which I think he actually he updated it. I think on the 13th or the 12th of this month. Uh, that he just got it back from PSA grading. Now that's that's what freaking almost two years to have a card graded by PSA. Now I I know PSA is way way behind. I hear the the horror stories all the time through uh, Instagram and and uh, Facebook and all that. But if you pulled a card that's worth thousands of dollars, would you not? spend the extra money to have it priority graded mm-hmm. like you know priority grading i think is you know like three hundred dollars if it's worth you know tens of thousands of dollars i don't think a three hundred dollar grading curve is really going to hurt your bank account you know yeah. based on the potential turnaround if you were to turn around and sell it um so there's my issue. Like, why why would you take a essentially, you know, let's say a year and a half or whatever, to to send it like essentially economy to to freaking PSA? Like, spend the extra money and have it priority graded if you know it's going to be worth tens of thousands of dollars, right? Um, and he reviewed that saying, you know, uh, in the video that if it's a ten, the last sold was for ten thousand dollars. So you. you even if it, even if it wasn't a, if it even if it didn't come back to ten, let's say it came back to nine, you're still looking at like what, eight, maybe eight thousand dollars, give or take, ish, you know, eight eight or nine thousand. Yeah, I know it's a small minority, but I've heard a couple of um, folks accuse them of grading based on the name of the person sending in the cards to be graded. Uh, Essentially, uh, showing favoritism to big name um, oh. folks that could uh, uh, that could give exposure to PSA because of their followings. Uh-huh. I've heard some folks accuse them of that, and that that's why they go through smaller companies and yada yada because um, those that have already gotten big or have a a nice leg up on the competition in terms of card grading or looked at as the epitome of, of card grading. Um, there you go. Work hand in hand with big name collectors. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's interesting. You know, let's say you, uh, you send a card in PSA economy or whatever. And, you know, Pokey Rev sends his card in by PSA economy. You know who's uh, like like I said. Who's to say that they're not going to sit there and go, "Oh, hey, uh, I, I know this name. It's, that's Pokey Rev." You know, it may not say Pokey Rev on it, but I mean, it, it'll say his obviously his real name. But you know, who's to say that they don't just take the, that guy's card and slide it over top of yours, and yours goes further and further down the pile? Uh, so instead of it taking a year to grade, now it's going to take 
close to two years. Um, mind you, he has grown espinon or uh, quite quite a bit since twenty twenty. Uh, so who knows? Maybe maybe back in twenty twenty he wasn't as well. Obviously, he wasn't as big as he is now. So maybe he had that happen. Maybe he got pushed down the the line a little bit by some other bigger name. Uh, but you know, who's to say unless you actually work there, right? And then you know, you actually have to have someone admit it. <laughs> Which they wouldn't, but it's a it's a nice little conspiracy theory. Oh, of course. Um, but yeah, so I ended, he he ended up reviewing the card uh, in a video that he posted on YouTube. Uh, it of course came back to ten. Uh, he freaked out, fell off of his chair. Uh, now you know, was that genuine or was that like him being him for the the views, right? Um, I mean, if I got if I pulled a card out of any freaking set, regardless, and it had the potential of being worth ten grand, yeah, I'm gonna damn near shit myself. And then, ha- and then you know, have it come back in grading as a gem mint ten. Uh, you you essentially won the lottery. Congratulations, you know. Uh, you, depending on that card, you happy retirement, you know. Um, but yeah, the the last one sold uh back in September of twenty twenty one uh at Golden Auctions. Um, so uh, chances are that card is going to go up in price. I don't see it sitting at ten grand for for very long. I can see it hitting higher, especially if there's a, a low pop count for Gemmin Ten, um, or even uh, a low pop count in general for the card, whether it be raw or graded. Um, you know, you don't have very many of that card. It's going to go up in value because it's rare. Um, and kind of seems. Like even like I'm I'm thinking back to like base set Charizard. You know they they stopped making those after base set and base set well even base set two was slightly different because it had the base set two stamp on it. Um you know, yeah, of course they've made reprints, you know, with evolutions and the celebration set. But even base set Charizard, it's it's kind of peaked, unless it's the first edition. You're you're kind of peaking, um, at the at the valuable uh, monetary value of just a standard base set Charizard, uh, which I find is kind of interesting because you know that is literally one of the first cards, and they're not going to make another one. They're going to make reprints or or re rendering of that card, but they're never going to have another yeah like they're never going to have the original card ever again but yet it's it's kind of plateaued as far as a monetary value goes which is kind of interesting so you know who's who's to say that this next card or that his card might not may or may not do that as well it might plateau at say 15,000 or him forbid start to go down in price if more and more of these cards pop out. 
Which most of them probably wouldn't, just because a lot of folks, like you said, would probably keep it sealed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, there's not many people out there that would actually crack open these, um, you know, these special decks and everything. A lot of them would try and keep them sealed for the nostalgia and for a, a sealed value at the, the chance of getting this card or that card. Um, I mean, who's to say, right? You know, there's there's a lot of things out there that people swore that they would keep sealed uh, only for them to crack it open, you know, two hours later kind of thing. So... That's me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was the same way. I had a... What the hell was it? Hidden Fates? Might have been ah, uh, no champions path maybe champions path or hidden fates uh, etb. Uh, at the time, it was worth like I want to say like a hundred and twenty dollars uh, sealed, and I had two of them. Uh, I gave I did one as a like a raffle kind of thing on on Facebook, uh, and then the other one just kind of sat there on my shelf. And eventually, I got sick and tired of looking at it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to crack this thing open and I'm just going to give all the cards to my kids, you know, and if we pull a Charizard, cool. Uh, you know, if that's the case, I'll grade it for them. That, that will be their Charizard. Uh, I ended up, I cracked open the ETB and I got squad all. <laughs> I think I got like one EX card or something goofy like that or some kind of full art card, but it was worth like five bucks. So my it's like, too. yeah. I mean, it, it was it was worth more to keep it sealed than it was to crack it open uh, in that case. But I mean, the kids sat there with me and cracked it open, so it was it was a fun fun day for sure. I mean, and that that's that's why I hope to get out of it, you know. And everything in the Pokemon room, sure, it's sealed and it's pretty, but nothing beats cracking something open with the kids. Um. I mean, hell, even my my uh, jungle uh, pack that I have, I'm I'm freaking debating whether or not I want to crack it open. Uh, you know, part of me wants to keep it sealed, but you know, part of me wants to open it. But at the same time, I don't want to open it and have like a non-hollow rare. <laughs> you know, but you know, the me man all the time. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Who knows, maybe I'll crack it open at some point, but it won't be anytime soon, I don't think. <laughs> it's like I bought a Evolving Skies ETB off of uh, OKC Collectibles on Instagram. Um, and uh, I should have kept it sealed, and I bought it for 50 the decent price, because, you know, on eBay, they're about 58 60 bucks. Yep. So, about 8 bucks. But all I got out of it was... Um, an $8 card and about a $5 card, which was Flareon VMAX and uh, Meditam V, which is probably 3 bucks, not even an $8 card. So 8 and 3 bucks, maybe $11 total in my hand. <laughs> I mean, at least you got an Evolution. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my daughter would have loved that. Name of the game. Yeah. I mean, my. 
these uh, structured decks, do they make a bunch of them, these V-Battle decks? I I heard that they did. I, I heard a rumor that they are like mass-producing the living crap out of them. With like the Rayquaza one? Because if that's the case, I might crack this open just to see what's in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can look up online to see exactly what's going on with the population of that. But uh, I, I'm almost certain that they're mass-producing it like anything else. Well, at least for the time being. I'd save it for a giveaway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would probably be... Uh, yeah. The, um, and then the, uh, the last story that we got here, uh, it's probably... Oh, my God. When I read this story... It honestly gave me freaking part PTSD, part holy crap, I hope this never happens to me kind of thing. Uh, because I I, I kind of had this happen, but not really. I had a version of this kind of happen. Uh, so a collector, uh, his name is uh, It's Just D, or Justin D. Uh, I believe that's a... Maybe it's an Instagram handle. I have no idea. Uh, he sent a Rayquaza Gold Star Hollow from EX Deoxys. Uh, I, when I was reading the story, though, they <laughs> whoever wrote the story really screwed up. They they jumbled the words of the Rayquaza Gold Star Hollow. Uh, they put like they mixed the EX Deoxys in within the Rayquaza Gold Star name. So when I was reading it, I'm thinking, wait a minute, is it is it a Gold Star like promo, or is it a Deoxys card, or is it a Rayquaza EX, or is it like a Rayquaza and then there's a Deoxys card? And I had to like break it down and, and figure out exactly what the hell they were talking about at first. Um, so when I, I did a little bit of research into it, I realized, no, it's an actual Rayquaza Gold Star car, card. Um, but anyways, he, he sent it to PSA, which, you know, good on him, uh, but, but was rejected by PSA due to the box being destroyed en route. Now, that uh, if I got that notification from PSA, I, I'd be scared shitless, uh, for one. You know, get get a, a notification saying, sorry, you can't grade your card because the box got destroyed. I mean, ugh. Um... Absolutely livid. Oh, especially like that card is worth quite a bit of money. Uh, you know, I'd be livid even with a couple hundred dollars worth of cards, let alone a single card worth thousands. Um, he feared the card uh, was either lost or stolen, uh, which, you know, yeah, there are a-holes in the uh, delivery companies that will crack open boxes going to certain places and steal their contents. You know? Oh, you're right. I was just about to say, I was like, well, now, is this an inside job? Does this guy got, like, enemies? Because how would that happen? But you're right. I mean, yeah. delivery driver, though, don't they know that they, they have a job? Like, that's... Uh, I mean, so... The address of where it's going. They're like, oh, this, this is going to go get graded. Let me see what they're trying to send. Yep. 
I mean, uh, speaking personally, I had a uh, an aunt on my wife's side uh, get a empty envelope in the mail, which used to have cash in it for her birthday uh, or for her her daughter's birthday. Um, I think the grandmother sent the the daughter money or whatever for the kid for her birthday, like cash, like 20 bucks in cash and got an envelope ripped open with no cash inside uh, and and no card. So someone from the Canada Post ripped open this envelope and stole the $20 out of the envelope and walked away with it. And it's like, you know, why? Why would you do that? You know, it's going to, you know, while they didn't know it was going to a little kid, but, you know, like, why would you do that kind of thing? So, you know, from that day forward, they've just been sending money by e-transfer or by PayPal. And they can use that money for the, the for the kid to do whatever they want, right? So, just goes to show you that there are some really, really twisted delivery drivers out there and, and mailmen and mailwomen out there who will do literally anything and everything uh, to be a crook. Uh, that's just unfortunately that's the way the world turns uh, unfortunately um, yeah so he he went on to say uh, he, he put his video or his uh, story up on uh, reddit under r slash uh, well that sucks I mean yeah no kidding that sucks uh, he wrote he sent a possible 2000 plus card to PSA via FedEx so it wasn't even like USPS. It was freaking FedEx. Um, sent it by FedEx. Uh, received this refusal picture. Uh, and actually, see if I can. I'm going to send you this picture because it is freaking nasty. Uh, nope. Let's go here. Yeah. There we go. There. Sent you. Sending a picture of this guy's box. That he got a picture of from uh, from PSA. What the heck? Right. <laughs> like, that thing is freaking flat. <laughs> was the card in there or was it gone? So <laughs> this is where I almost pissed myself last time when I read this. The picture depicts. The box is slightly ajar. Well, no, the freaking box is like flat. <laughs> it was once a box and it's now a pancake. Uh, and no card is seen. Uh, he mentioned that he will be calling PSA to verify if they even saw the card. Slash verify that the remains are on its way home. Expecting an empty box, however. Uh, so he's expecting that he's going to get a... I mean, would PSA even ship that box back to him? Or would they just take whatever's inside of the box, put it in one of their boxes and ship it back to him and say, okay, well, this is the contents of whatever the hell you sent us. You know, sorry about your luck. Um, but he's, uh, and this is where it really sucks for him. This was his first submission ever to PSA. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wow. First. I'm losing the top I know. Yeah. 
first submission ever to PSA, and this happened. Uh, he said that the card was in a penny sleeve, a thick card holder, which I'm assuming maybe a card saver or a top loader at least. Um, but then he also had it sandwiched between two pieces of cardboard and a rubber band. Um, and then he, uh, he mentioned, you know, is the card destroyed? Like, will, will he receive a card that's completely mangled or is it simply lost and, and, or lost and or stolen? Um, and then he mentioned that uh, a PSA 10 sold for $45,000 in 2022 or in 2020 in an auction. So if his card had made it and was graded a PSA 10, it would have been worth $45,000. So. Uh, yeah. I mean. That's a, that's a loss. I mean, I feel for that guy. Now. I mean. That's the thing. So, but what are the odds, though? The odds of pulling that car, the money that was tangled up in it. You know what are the what kind of odds are those? That's what I'm saying. Was it an inside job? Like who knew? Because that's that doesn't happen. I mean, to have that card alone is ridiculous odds. And then for your very first go at a at a grading service. One of the most prestigious, if I may add, and it goes like that. Yeah, I mean now. So, speaking from experience, I've had packages come back to me or come to me completely destroyed. Um, I had one envelope; it, it damn near looked like it got ran over by a freight train. Um, and then when now this was through Canada Post. Um, when that happened, they took my my envelope and stuck it in a in a plastic bag kind of thing, like one of those plastic bags with like the the sticky tape on it. And I kid you not, there there was nothing on the one side, but the other side was, "Oops, something happened. We're sorry." I'm thinking, oh yeah, no kidding, something happened. What the heck? Now, thank God, I, it was actually. Believe it was Pokemon cards I was getting. Thank God the freaking cards were okay. They somehow survived. I mean, I I don't know how they freaking survived. Like this envelope was mangled, and and yet they somehow survived. So you know, kudos to the to the person who packed those cards for me because uh, they they survived a serious freaking thing. Um, but. Speaking personally from uh, from a grading standpoint, uh, I, I think I mentioned to you once before, um, back when we were discussing sending cards up here for me to send them to Mint. Uh, like I said, you know, I had a, a friend, or I have a friend uh, in the city that I used to grow up in, or I did grow up in. Um, I used to send him cards all the time. Um, he would send them to Mint, which was like a 45 minute drive from him, give or take. Uh, and then he would send them back to me once he got them back. Uh, my biggest problem was he, he would tell me that they were on the way, but he would never give me a tracking number. <laughs> I mean, that was my oh. biggest, yeah, that was my biggest pet peeve. Uh, he would just say, 
you know, he would just say, oh, uh, cards are on their way. They'll be there in like two days uh, because he always he always did priority shipping. So it'd be there in like literally two, maybe three days tops. Uh, but I never knew if it was coming by Canada Post or UPS or or FedEx or Campar or anything. Um, so the one day uh, I I'd sent him some great cards that I had personally pulled and cards that my daughter had personally pulled. Uh, like the Cosmic Eclipse Pikachu, the the full art one, where it's got uh, Pikachu and red, I think, not Ash. It looks like Ash, but it's red from the, the Pokemon games. Uh, my daughter loved that card, uh, and she pulled a evolution, or yeah, she pulled an Evolutions Charizard Hollow. So she wanted those two cards graded. So I sent her, I sent all those cards down. They got graded. They were sent back to me. And I never got anything. And so I sent him a message and said, Hey, uh, do you have that tracking number? I said, I, you know, I haven't gotten the cards yet. I just want to know maybe if they're they're stuck somewhere. You know, stuck in one of the city hubs or whatever. He said, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, just, you know, give me a sec. I'll, I'll send it to you. So he sent me a tracking number. Popped up and I said, okay, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're stuck in the city. Nah, no big deal. Uh, but at least I know where they are. Well, next thing you know, I get a notification the next day saying that they're in Montreal, Quebec, which is the province next to us. Yeah. And I'm thinking, huh, okay. I know Canada Post can be really stupid, but are they really that stupid that they, instead of going north, they went east <laughs> and and sent my package to the other province and i've had that happen before where my cards have gone from out west to my province and then they somehow decided to turn around and go back out west and then they got kind of confused for a day or two and then they came back to my province uh so you know there's there's been times where my packages accidentally got loaded back onto the onto the the plane and ship back out west. So I thought, okay, uh, maybe this is one of those flukes. I'll give it a minute. So the next day, get a notification. Oh, out for delivery. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, okay, maybe they, they skipped a couple of scans, whatever. So I go into the app, and it's out for delivery in Quebec. And that's when I realized, okay, this is the wrong tracking number. So I sent the guy a message and I said, hey, you sent me the wrong tracking number. This package is out for delivery in Quebec. Yeah, I'm following something completely irrelevant, like Goose Chase. Yeah, so he ended up, I guess he searched and searched for the, the tracking number. Uh, somehow got them all mixed up. Uh, then he mentioned to me that he also works with firearms, like shipping firearms. And he he figures my package might have gone out with FedEx right when FedEx started canceling doing shipments with firearms. So he said, oh, you know, chances are uh, your package is going to end up back at my place. He goes, and once I get it, he goes, I'll, I'll turn around and priority overnight ship it with like UPS or something like that. And I said, yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. And then just nothing. Uh... Apparently, he never got my package back. I, to this day, and this has been, I think it's been a year now. 
I I don't know where those cards are, and they're just they're gone. I don't know where they are. I don't know if some Canada Post driver has them. I don't know if he has them. I I don't know. Um, he did quote unquote make it right by giving me a bunch of cards, you know, quote unquote for free. Uh, and I say that because you know I I did pay hundreds of dollars to send a a boatload of cards to be um, graded. Uh, you know he he did send me a decent amount of cards, some really cool one off promos. Um, what was it? He also gave me a Jolteon uh, Jungle, I think. Yeah, Jungle uh, Jungle uh, Jolteon Hollow, but it doesn't have the Jungle stamp on it it's missing the stamp i mean so you know those those are like one-off cards um but you know i'm missing well he, he gave me a, a charizard uh evolutions which i gave to my daughter um but we're still missing that pikachu and you know so now i've i gotta find her another pikachu uh which kind of sucks but you know, it is what it is. So ever since then, I figured, you know what? I think I'm just going to do the grading myself. Or uh, when I found out that the company that I'm partnered with does the grading, I figured, well, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll use those guys. They're giving me a, a bit of a discount on it already. So, uh, you know, it's win-win. But, um, you know, so it, I, I've, I've had my own experience of graded cards going missing. Um, you know, I, I don't even know what they came back as, as graded. I have no idea what I got as a grade and that's what really sucks. You know, you don't even know the value of these cards that just went missing, right? Yeah. And then, and that's honestly why I personally wanted to work with someone named, uh, Sarasota Collectibles here in Bradington, Manatee County area, because he was going to try to get in with CDC, which is local in the uh, Lakewood Ranch area, because I'd much rather, I wish that graded cards were accepted regardless of who is doing the grading, because, you know, I would love to walk into a shop and drop off my cards physically, and when they're done, pick them up physically at a shop, but you know, because uh, it's very clicky, very much, you know, clicks type deal within the community. You have to go through the bigger companies, and that's the risk that you face. Yeah, I mean, and that's the great thing about the company I'm partnered with. Um, in order to get the discount, you have to, you also have to physically drop the cards off. So uh, I don't even. I mean, now, mind you, they're constantly at my house dropping off goodies I constantly buy. So I don't think it would be much of a hassle for me to just turn around and say, well, here's a stack of cards when they drop off my stuff. Uh, and then vice versa, you know, I can, I have no problem spending even more money with them and buying more stuff and have them drop off the cards at my house when they drop off uh, my shipment of, of goodies. Um but that's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm not having to give it to a, a third-party person who then takes it to a grading company. Uh, well, I'm, well, I guess I am. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, 
I, I still am dealing with the third party company, but uh, much more trusted. Yeah, it's much more closer. You know, it, you're you're doing everything physically in front of someone, whereas before I was shipping the cards two hours south of me to my friend, who would then take them and drive them forty five minutes to the city where Mint is located in. Um, so doing it this way now with uh, the Cave Collectibles, it's it's a little little better. You know, everything is more face-to-face. So hopefully it works out really well when I send off some cards with them. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope it goes a lot smoother. That way maybe we can click up and get some of my cards graded as well. Yeah, of course. Still very much on the table. <laughs> I want to get a. I want to get some cards graded myself. I just. Uh, I want to make sure I. I make it as secure as possible because of all these horror stories that are out there. Um, yeah. The gentleman lost a forty-five thousand dollar card to yourself, who you know has been screwed over a couple times now. Luckily, I've been lucky. Everyone that I've sent money to has sent something to me so I'm, I'm grateful for that for sure yeah it's uh i mean i like to stay optimistic and you know for every one horror story there's 10 good stories right uh unfortunately it just really sucks when you do get that one horror story i agree i agree because it can it can make you uh Second guess your uh, your love for this this uh, hobby. Yeah, I mean it, it does put a damper on it, but you know, you, I always I always see it as yeah, there are bad people out there, but there's also good people out there uh, who will do whatever they can to help you. Um, unfortunately, yeah, sometimes you, you meet the the odd a-hole um it happens and it just it sucks but you know take it as a learning experience and you you just gotta kind of move on what do you think about uh this last topic of ours oh yes yeah the um i almost forgot about that (laughs) Um, yeah, so, you know, a set that you would like to see a chase card for, um, obviously not the typical Charizard. Um, I mean, I, I personally, uh, I I think something like a, like a Mimikyu or a Morpico would be kind of cool. Uh, you're starting to see Mimikyu become more dominant in the Pokemon series. So I, I think it is only a matter of time until uh, Mimikyu does become a chase card, potentially. Um, you know, it's it's a, similar to Pikachu, uh, in a sense. And it's kind of, you know, it's got its own mysticality to it, right? So it's, it's kind of a, an interesting little creature. Uh, it'd be kind of cool to see uh, a chase card made of him 
uh, or even a set based off of him, kind of like how Viva Voltage was kind of based around Pikachu. Uh, and thank God, not a freaking Charizard. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I mind you, you've got uh, you've got Evolving Skies, which kind of evolves around the evolutions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they are starting to branch away from Charizard. Uh, I mean, then again, you got freaking brilliant stars who, you know, you've got Charizard again as the chase card. Um, but I think Xerneas is also kind of a secondary chase in that aspect. So I, I can see them trying, you know, they, they've tried to, to get away from Charizard, but they're still putting Charizard front and center without whether they mean to or not. Um, no, I think they feel like something's going to fail without Charizard as the chase. Yeah. Make sure he's in there, because if not, people will skip this series, which, in all honesty, people out there probably would. I, you know, you have to... I think the community at some point has to take some of the responsibility or the blame for why we don't see a little bit more of something else. Uh, I was having this conversation with a gentleman, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, why, why is this rainbow hollow, you know, three fucking dollars and sorry for my language. No, no, it's completely uncensored. <laughs> Other guys, rainbow is, you know, 50, 60 dollars. Yeah. Like, is it because of the pool rate or just the popularity? And he's like, no, it's the popularity. Yep. So, yeah, exactly. You know, and and then so at, at that point, you know, we have to kind of take a bit of that responsibility for why Charizard seems to be on the pedestal that he is. Which I mean, which with with in all honesty, he you know he deserves his title. Of, you know, the champion of Pokemon. You know, the kind of the, the titular go to guy, if you will. Sure. Everybody's yeah. favorite. He wins all the polls. You put Charizard up there against anybody and. He's going to take the majority of the likes. Uh, his popularity is immense, but uh, I think there's other Pokemon out there that just could, you know, they could, they deserve a little bit of a limelight. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think uh, it, it probably wouldn't do too well, but a little maybe a a, a series based on their fossil Pokemon. Oh, Omastar, Armaldo, Lilip, you know, uh, Aerodactyl, Rampardos, Bastiodon, all them guys. Anybody that comes out of a fossil, I think that'd be really cool. Give them rainbows, give them full arts, VMAX, make them the chase. I think that'd be that'd be kind of fun, in my opinion, because I've always I've always loved the the fossil Pokemon. They've always. Uh, Always got a spot on the roster and any playthrough for any game. Uh, and I think, I mean, they're, they're some of the cooler ones, you know. Kabutov's got a really nice looking design to him. Armado as well, one of my favorites, and Rampardos. Yeah, I mean, so so essentially like a, a revised base set fossil series just more emphasis on the fossil type Pokemon and then obviously include full arts and fees and V maxes. Uh, Cause you know, obviously 
back then they never had full arts. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'd be freaking cool to see a, a full art Kabutops. That, that'd be freaking hilarious. Or a gold. Oh, gold would be a freaking awesome thing. I mean, it, I, me personally, I if I saw a rainbow rare Kabutops, I I wouldn't know where to look on that thing because I think that would be a little too trippy. But a gold, yeah. a gold Kabutops would be pretty freaking cool. It'd be very nice. I think that they could uh, they could give Charizard a run for their money if they really wanted to, because there's a lot of them. Even I mean, I know Tyranitar kind of gets his love, but yeah, he's another one of my favorites. Yeah, that's uh, Battle Styles. Battle Styles was the tri- uh, sleeping Tyranitar chase. Yes. Yeah. I mean, although. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say. Um, or if you didn't want that, maybe uh, try to highlight the uh, the bug types. Ooh. Okay. You know, some Slipdor, Scyther, Pinsir, and Voltic. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it, I mean, bug, bug types have come a long way. I know, what was it, the Sinnoh region that had a bug type Elite Four member? I think so. One of them. Yeah. I know. The bug types kind of that'd be be interesting. I don't know who you'd make your your chase. Maybe Vespi Queen. She's kind of popular. Ooh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, I mean, you know, back well, they've they've had like they've had full arts uh, for Butterfree and and stuff like that. And it, I mean, they did really good jobs at the Butterfree full art, but I think. Switching it up a bit would be kind of cool as well. I don't think they've had a full art Scyther. Not that I know. No. I know they had the... Well, he, was he a part of the fossils? Or the... Uh, Scyther was part of... Jungle. Uh, nah, Jungle. He was Jungle, yeah. Jungle. Yeah. Uh, no, well, now mind you, they had a full art Pinsir. Uh, was it Pinsir GX, I believe, in yeah, Hidden Fates? Or, yeah. Yeah, Hidden Fates. It'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be... Go look at that. Look on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, even if they revived that card and made it a little bit better, that would be kind of cool. Because it was a really cool artwork. Actually, I think even a lot of them were pretty freaking cool. Like, I've got the, um, what is it? The Alolan Sandslash GX card, the, the Jumble one, uh, in a frame. And that looks, like, that artwork is freaking cool. Um, so even if they made that into, like, a, even a Rainbow Rare, that'd be really, really cool. Which one was that? Uh, Alolan... Low end stand slash GX. Oh yes, yeah. Stand slash. That that's the ice, right? Uh, yes. Ice Te- type. Technically, it's a water type. Uh, in the TCG, but it is. It does. It does have ice moves. Oh, which, gotcha, gotcha. Which they classify as using water energy because obviously there there is no ice energy. 
I mean, that would be cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, I said it. Water. No, they do have to. They have to pull away from Charizard for sure, though. Yeah, I. I, I mean, he's. You know, he's. He's had a good run. I. I don't say, or I don't think they should get rid of him entirely. But they need to have. They need to have a few more sets without him in it. I mean. It can be missed so that everything else can go up. Oh, no, they're not printing Charizard. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if this shit's expensive now, if you uh, just let them sit for a little bit, even if they gave just a little bit of a drought, like, yo, what are you going to print more Charizard? Are we really not going to get any more? Can you imagine how the community would act? How they would treat the Charizards that are out there? I mean, well, look, look at it when freaking Vivid Voltage came out. Everyone got so pissed off because there wasn't a Charizard, and everyone shit on Vivid Voltage saying, "Oh, it's they're making Pikachu the chase card. Oh, this set will never get off the ground." Blah blah blah. Now it's one of the sought after sets. Like people are going crazy over Vivid Voltage still, and it doesn't even have a freaking Charizard in it. It's based off of a fat Pikachu, like you know. All of and so you know, take that as a hint and say, okay, you know what? We made a set that didn't revolve around a freaking Charizard, and it did okay. They did Evolving Skies, which did not evolve around a Charizard. It evolved around Eevee and Eeveelutions, and it's doing okay. You know, you can get away from Charizard and still be okay. You don't need to have your your mindset stuck on that Charizard for an easy buck. Like, Pokemon should know this by now. They've been at it for 25 years. You know, you can bring out a different Pokemon and be okay. You're still going to get the sales. You're still going to get these stupid scalpers. You're still going to get everything. You don't have to have Charizard. Exactly. We're in, I mean, what's the Pokedex at? Some 400, 500? Yeah, we're freaking 500 and something now. <laughs> Just keeps freaking growing. One guy, it's still the chase in every set. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting ridiculous, but you know, I see where they're coming from. At the same time, it's an easy buck. That's for sure. Mind you, you know, somebody in freaking Pokemon La La Land keeps, you know, accidentally leaking the the images of these chase cards. And jumping the hype before the freaking sets are even set to be released, like, and it, and it's always a freaking Charizard. You you never see a another chase card be accidentally leaked, even before the entire set list is is released. Usually, this this chase card gets accidentally leaked, and then it's like another three or four weeks until we get the actual set list. And that's usually leaked, quote unquote, as well. So, it, I mean, but that you never see. I don't think I've ever seen even like Vivid Voltage for for instance. I don't think anyone ever leaked the the fat Pikachu. It, it was always Charizards that they leaked. So you know, somebody in the Pokemon, you know, North America or whatever. Is sitting there trying to get the hype up for these new sets that revolve around their prize procession of a chase card. 
So I, I, I was just um, I was thinking that uh, when I was talking to that gentleman about uh, just the popularity uh, that what it, what is it about Charizard that drives it, or is it? Do you think it's more just trendy to say that Charizard's the guy, or is it truly the pull rate? Maybe a combination of both. Well, there are other cards out there that are harder to pull than the Charizards, so I don't think it's necessarily based on the pull rate. Um, you know, because you know there are quite a few other Rainbow Rares, the Gold cards that are much much harder to pull than the Charizard. Um, I I, I honestly I have no idea why people are fixated on it, but it just seems to to trend in that direction. Maybe it is based off, based off of nostalgia, right? Um, seeing it as a kid, who knows? Or maybe it's just simply the artwork. You know, you always have that, that fiery, fiery blast coming out of it, and people are just fixated to that. Uh, who knows? The plans are pretty nice. I will give it, I'll give them that. The he, design... Yeah, they seem to outdo themselves every time. Which, you know, thank God they're not just recycling the same image over and over again. Uh, like they did with, uh, was it Shining Fates and... Was it Hidden Fates? I think Hidden Fates and Shining Fates. They used the exact same card. Uh, they just made slight variations to it. Uh, that was a bit of a... La- yeah, it was a bit of a lazy move, but... Yeah, you gotta remember I'm a bit of a novice. Oh. <laughs> so, I haven't jumped into a lot of these. Still fixated on uh, freaking, what you call it? Celebration still my thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been done that set now for about a month and a half now. Give or take. You kind of taking a break, getting ready for this uh, Brilliant Stars, or are you waiting for another one to really jump into like that? Uh, I do have an empty binder for Brilliant Stars. Uh, I I will try and collect that. Uh, you know, see how much of the set I have after two booster boxes and two ETBs. Um, am I optimistic? Probably not. I think we're gonna have a crap ton of freaking bulk and nothing more than that. Um, but you know, I, I'll, yeah, you know, I, I kind of FOMO hit a little hard, and I figured, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do the Brilliant Stars uh, only because I got a really good deal on the booster boxes and ETBs from the store I'm partnered with, so that was kind of a driving force as well. Um, if the next set is the Pokemon Go one, I may or may not collect that. If it's a if it's a small set, kind of like Celebrations, then I'll probably collect it because it's a small set. Uh, but if it's another big set with like 200 plus cards, then probably not. I'll just skip it and probably move on to the next one or the one after that. Um, there's quite a few sets that I don't collect. Just because if I did, I would have a billion binders in my room and know where to put them all, <laughs> you know. 
Uh, so I kind of pick and choose which set I go after. And eventually, even if the set's not complete, I usually sell off whatever I have of the set as one big sell and then move on to another set just so I make up room. I'm uh, uh, I'm all over the place, honestly. I don't think I've completed one or even have the intentions of completing one. I just like different cards from different sets. One thing I like about my brain is I don't, it doesn't really fixate on trying to complete a set. It's content with just having some of the better pulls from each set. Yeah, I mean, I used to do that too. I mean, well, you know, I'm still fixated on the fact that I want to collect every Gengar, Haunter, and uh, and Ghastly. Um, you know, the Ghastly and Haunters will be nice and cheap to do, but, you know, I'm kind of cringing on the Gengars, um, you know, because they're freaking expensive, like I mentioned last time, and they're only going to get more expensive. Um yeah, very loved character. Yeah. More and more popular. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm... Stupid me, I, I kind of look at it in the long-term effect. So it's like, okay, you know, let's say I do collect every ghastly Haunter and Gengar. What then? What do I do with it? Do I sit on these cards for 20-some-odd years? Or do I pass them down to my kids? Or... You know, what What do I do? Because, you know, am I going to grow out of the, the three ghost type Pokemon? Am I going to, you know, say six months to a year from now, revamp my Pokemon room all over again and, and pick a different subtype to, to focus on? You know, I, I have no idea. Uh, well, I know what my wife would say. She'd probably kill me if I revamped this room again. It costs a costs a pretty penny to freaking do it the one time and 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 a lot of manpower and a lot of man time there to to do it between me and a coworker of mine. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I ripped this room apart one more time, I'd probably get a divorce. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean you know it it was a lot of work, like a freaking crap ton of work. And, and that's why I don't understand. Like, it's such a small room, but it took so much freaking work, let alone my entire man cave that I have, which is, like, four times the size of this. That was a lot of work, too, but it seemed to be easier. You know, even though I had far more to paint, far more drywall to do, uh, far more electrical work to do, and then let alone putting everything back together. Um... It took me half a day just to reset up my projector because I didn't record exactly how everything was set up as far as distance goes and whatnot. So when I reinstalled it into the ceiling, everything was all screwed up. Uh, but that was all easier to put together than this tiny room that I'm in. Um, let alone trying to freaking put all the Pokemon stuff back in the room. I never realized how much stuff I have in this room until I started to take it all out and stick it in front of my bar uh, in the, the man cave for the the one week 
that we were renovating this room, um, you know, you start to see how much you've actually really collected. It's kind of scary sometimes. <laughs> no, you can never have too much, man. You never have too much. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm already pushing the seams on this room. Um, I mean, like the walls are pretty much 100% covered. Unless I go right down to the freaking floor, um, so you know I, I'm starting to run out of room in some areas, but I'm sure I can find room somewhere else, <laughs> or maybe even have just two Pokemon rooms. I can renovate my secondary office as another Pokemon room. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make room for Pokemon always. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's YouTubers out there that have multiple rooms in their in their house for Pokemon. So you know, I can have two rooms. <laughs> I stay away from that for my own mental health. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get really sad really quick. Yep. <laughs> no, but uh, man, I appreciate you having me again on here. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, we we always have uh, great discussions. <laughs> And we and we talk. We can talk for days. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's what I really That's what I really like like about it. You know, it's a good back and forth. Uh, I think this time we did a lot better uh, filling in that uh, dead, dead, dead silence or uh, <laughs> in between. Yep. We had in the first one, but we'll only get better. So. Oh heck yeah! Thank you for thank you for having me again. Yeah. Yeah. These stories with you. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I mean, so you know, that's that's my job now for you know, probably next weekend is trying to find out or trying to find more more stuff to to talk about. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, we could always just do a, a, a quick, you know, uh, coffee and uh, coffee and rip and just. Uh, Share a coffee and open a couple packs together. See what we get. Heck yeah! Online uh, on the podcast, quick ten minute thing, or even a house rules duel. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, cause, uh, <laughs> I like how you were discussing. We'll have to discuss how much, how how often we're going to Vmax the crap out of each other. But uh, <laughs> overall, I, 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 we need to do a, a quick house rule duel. <laughs> how much cheating there's going to be? <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, just look up the strongest cards ever made. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm doing over here, anyways. <laughs> I play this. Yeah. Never mind the fact that you got to evolve from a V to a V Max. You're just going to jump right to V Max. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man! All right, it was uh, great having you on again for this podcast. And until next time. I'll talk to you later, bud. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. All right. Everyone out there, you guys take care of them. All right. Give us a <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Give us a listen. Give us a like. And uh, this podcast will be up uh, probably later tonight. So it'll be everywhere by what is tomorrow? Sunday. Sunday morning. Should be everywhere, hopefully. So and, oh, uh, yeah. I'll put a. I'll, I'll put a little. There. Yeah, I'll put a little post on uh, Instagram once it's up and running, and then we can share the living crap out of it. 
I'll definitely uh, start dissecting it like the last time and posting <laughs> highlights to mine. You guys go ahead and follow me over there. All right. I'll put uh, I'll put your uh, Instagram handle in the uh, description below in the podcast so then people can find you and give you a follow-up as well. Sweet. Thank you, sir. You guys take care. Appreciate it. Yeah. Talk to you later, bud. Press mobile out. Bye-bye. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.